this there's a movie that this is in that I I oh, what is it? It'll come to me at some point. There, there's a movie this is in that I think of every time uh, I hear this song. I don't know. Eventually, I'll, I'll, it'll hit me. Hot Take Friday coming up 40 minutes, 10 o'clock. We want your hottest takes on anything. That's just not government conspiracy theories. Um, sports, though. Food, music, movies, fashion. Any of that's fair game. We want to hear them. 10 o'clock, 216-474-0092. In the meantime, though... We uh, we talked we talked some Browns and we got a little breaking news about the Ohio State Buckeyes just moments ago, literally like forty minutes ago, in that they are now adding Caleb Downs, former Alabama safety commit, played there last year. He was a recruit that Ohio State was pursuing out of uh, the out of his class, and he ended up going to Bama. Now he's coming to Ohio State after he entered the transfer portal. So. This couldn't have timed out any better than us scheduling this interview for tonight. And my initial plan was, well, I want to talk to Brendan because, well, the Buckeyes just brought in Bill O'Brien last night. I want to pick his brain on it because I thought I was like on an island last night as the only person in Cleveland who seemed to like the the Bill O'Brien edition. But now we have even more to talk about. So we go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. He's Brendan Gulick, a colleague of ours at the station, of course, covers Ohio State football for Buckeyes now. Brendan, um, your initial reaction. I, I I don't know what it is, man. Well, actually, I do know what it is. That Michigan won a championship, <laughs> and now Ohio State, every day, it seems like we're getting a new story about some transfer they're adding or a new coach. It's it's wild. Uh, my initial reaction was Ric Flair style. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, this is, this is awesome. Um, you want to talk about putting all the chips in the middle of the table and saying, you know, we are going for it come hell or high water. Uh, obviously, a lot of the players that, you know, were key components to, you know, this team, especially on the defensive side, have all basically all decided to come back outside of Marvin Harrison Jr., obviously, and, and Mike Hall on the defensive yeah. line. But, you know, there there is so much momentum it's amazing that here we are on Friday, January 19th, and we watched Ohio State play one of the worst games that you can remember, uh, you know, basically three full weeks ago. And honestly, it's like an afterthought for me at this point. We're looking at a starting defense of, of JT Tuimolau and Jack Sawyer as your ends, Tyleek Williams and Ty Hamilton at defensive tackle. Cody Simon had a really productive year. He's coming back to play linebacker. And I think this move tonight uh, will put Sonny Styles now more, frankly, where I think he belongs at a weak side linebacker. Uh, Lathan Ransom will be healthy and back this year. Jordan Hancock, Davison, Ibgenosin, um, Denzel Burke on the outside. And now you're adding pretty arguably the best safety in the country. I mean, this defense was one of the top three defenses in the country pretty much any way you sliced it last year. And they just got better. Uh, Caleb Downs, you know, you started to allude to it. Ohio State wanted him bad out of high school in Georgia. And unfortunately, at the last minute, he, he picked Alabama, and that was that. And then even this week, you know, there was, there was a lot of momentum around Georgia. Um, his position coach at Alabama is now coaching at Georgia. And the Bulldogs felt like they had a really good chance to bring him in. And the relationships he developed with Ohio State along the way, 
and I'm sure some of the NIL package they put together for him here toward the end, um, this is a massive get. We're talking about a true freshman, Spence, that had 107 tackles last year, was the national freshman of the year, led Alabama's defense in uh, in tackles, had a whole bunch of other you know impressive stats. This kid is super mature. He knows the game really well. Doesn't carry himself like he was only 18 years old. Um, this this is a huge addition for Ohio State tonight. Could Caden Proctor also be next? I saw there was like uh, I I think like Iowa's like crowdsourcing money to try to get him to Iowa, which is very fitting for Iowa. <laughs> the one guy they want on the, out of the transfer portal is an offensive lineman. Um, but is that potentially in in the works for Ohio State as well? I I haven't heard it. Uh, credibly enough to think that it's going to happen. I'll put it to you that way. Okay. I've read a lot of rumors. I've heard his name thrown out in some conversations that I've had privately with people, but I have not heard it thinking like, oh, this this is probably going to happen. Not saying it won't happen. I would obviously love if Caden Proctor came to Ohio State, um, but I have not yet heard that that's, uh, that's going to come. So we'll have to keep our eye on that. I kind of, This kind of hit me last night as I was talking about this team, and, and you bring up like the pushing the chips into the center of the table that, the, that we're seeing unfold in front of us. Is this team roster and talent-wise, like are they on par or even potentially better than the group that returned in 2015 after winning a national championship? Cause I, and I understand, like, if, you're just, if you're going off of resume and the wins and all that, nothing tops – they beat Michigan four straight years, and then they go win a national championship like that group of players. But it, like on paper, this team is going to be absolutely stacked and loaded. Like they're loaded at almost every position. The only thing that you're maybe still a little weary of is is offensive line, and we're wondering what if you can get a little bit more out of Will Howard than what Kansas State did. But where do you kind of stack this team up with that 2015 team? Yeah, it's that's a great point. I haven't really thought about it quite in that context. Um, because I think ultimately the answer is sort of what you alluded to, man. It's about quarterback play. It's like, can Will Howard be what they hope he can be? You know, I, frankly, I had heard from a couple of credible people that Ohio State felt like Will Howard's ceiling was essentially where he was now. And that internally they felt like Devin Brown was at least where Will Howard is. And there was a reason why the Buckeyes didn't go after Will Howard right away out of the transfer portal because they didn't. There was no like crazy momentum to go get this kid because he's a program-changing quarterback. But when Kyle left that room, they needed to have somebody who's played a bunch of college football and brought credibility to the position. And it's not even a guarantee slam dunk that Will's going to be your quarterback next year. He's going to have the upper hand, but it's it's going to be a competition. I know people don't want to hear that. If Will comes in and doesn't play lights out and Devin Brown has a great camp or Lincoln Keenholz has a great camp, I'm, I'm telling you it's not a complete slam dunk mm. that Will is the quarterback next year. It's most likely. I would say it's, it's more than probable, but don't carve that in stone quite yet. Ohio State knows they have – everything at stake right now. And I'm not just talking about like the group you've got, got to go in a title. Like this coaching staff has to get it done. They have to get it done. And they are going to basically look at every single position, whether, whether the assumption is the best guys returning or not. Um, you know, we've also seen you need to have some depth to win a national title. So uh, it's going to take the whole roster for sure. I, I, I think there's a ton of momentum. 
you know, obviously tonight with Caleb coming in, he's the first defensive guy to be added in the portal. Um, I don't know this to be 100% true. I saw it on Twitter, so it must be true, right? Uh, <laughs> but Ohio State, um, I, uh, Hayes Fawcett, who, who, you know, leaks a lot of the recruiting stuff, Hayes said that he thinks Ohio State adding Jeremiah Smith as a wide receiver incoming true freshman, number one player in the country, he thinks that Ohio State is the first team to to bring in the number one recruited player in high school football and land the number one overall player in the transfer portal, which they did tonight in Caleb Downs. So that's a again, cool stat. ton of momentum. Yeah, that's a cool stat. At Brendan Gulick twenty two on Twitter or on X, whatever he uh, obviously covers <laughs> Ohio State for BuckeyesNow.com. You can read all his work over there. Does a great job. Constantly down at Columbus. Um, and we got a few other things that I want to touch base on here, which first and foremost, sure. the, the main when I, when I texted you about having you on, I, it was because of the Bill O'Brien news last night, but there's a couple other points we can obviously hit on, and the Caleb Down things popped up, so we started there. But what was your reaction to the Bill O'Brien news? Obviously another one of these headline-grabbing uh, decisions, and the biggest thing to come out of it, I would assume, is that Ryan Day is now handing off the play-calling duties to Bill O'Brien but what did you think about this addition? Because it seems like it's controversial within the Buckeyes, the contingent of Buckeyes fans. I saw a lot of negativity about adding Bill O'Brien, but I thought it was a good move. Like, this feels like something Nick Saban would do because, well, Nick Saban literally did it. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I had not thought about Bill O'Brien in terms of, like, who I was racking my brain on who would be the guy. Um but this is exactly the kind of move I expected. The idea that Ryan Day is basically saying, okay, look, for four years, our offense was exceptional, truly one of the best in the country. And while this year it was very good, it was nowhere near as explosive as often as it had been. And so I think he was looking for, lack of a better way to say it, a head coach of the offense, the same way he brought Jim Knowles in, to basically be the head coach of the defense, right? Having somebody who is kind of in like the middle of his coaching career um, has done it at the NFL and at the power five level, you know, is going to instantly some ha- have some credibility and some authority with players. Somebody who obviously Ryan must've had conversations with around, Hey, here's our personnel. Here's what we like to run. How would you change it? How would you keep it the same? You know, running through that, right? There's gotta be some, some cohesion there. Um, but I get the impression that Ryan is basically looking at Bill O'Brien to say, okay, you are, you are in charge of the offense. And the expectation is that outside of Brian Hartline, the entire offensive staff is sort of up for grabs, right? I mean, you've obviously got people on staff, but Bill O'Brien is going to have an opportunity to say, yeah, I really like Justin Fry. He's going to stay or, I don't really like Corey Dennis. He's not going to stay or whatever it might be. I'm, I'm just saying these things. Um, that said, Corey Dennis, who's been the quarterback's coach and obviously has um, you know, been on staff at Ohio State for a long time. He's, he's Urban Meyer's son-in-law, and he, he's done a good job coaching quarterbacks. Uh, the expectation is that Bill is going to join the staff. Corey is going to transition into a still-to-be-determined role, but it's not going to be on the – you know, full-time coaching staff, uh, on-field staff. Um, and I've also been told that there, you know, you've seen a lot of pictures on social media, James Laronitis out recruiting, and a lot of people wondering, 
you know, how and when and if he's going to be added as a full-time coaching staff member. Uh, I was also told that for what whatever the logistical reasons were, James couldn't be added as a full-time coach if that's something they want to do until they've added Bill O'Brien. So we'll see how this all shakes out. But, um, you know, a lot of people are wondering about play calling. Yeah. Ryan Day hasn't specifically said one way or the other how he's going to handle it. I get the impression he's probably going to give Bill O'Brien the chance to call plays, but um, look forward to hearing from Ryan on that uh, very soon. You mentioned the hot name that Ohio State fans bring up a lot, Brian Hartline, and like, can we dispel the like the notion? Like, people were freaking out last night. That was one of the negative or one of the knocks against the hire was, well, what does this mean for Brian Hartline? You're going to force no, him out of the program. Like, uh, Brendan, let's be real here. It's not like Ryan Day woke up yesterday morning and decided, you know what, I'm just going to call up Bill O'Brien and hire him without telling anybody. Like, I'm imagining there were some conversations going on, including with Brian Hartline, who we know the program sure. values at such a high level for the amount, the, the way he recruits. Yeah, his recruiting and his developing. I mean, it's yeah. not just the guys he's brought in, but what he's turned them into. And, and go look at what they've done in the NFL. I mean, the proof is, is right there. Uh, Brian is going to stay the co-offensive coordinator. He's not getting a demotion. Um, Bill's going to be in charge of that side of the football, but you know Brian is still going to have a very heavy, influential voice in what game day plans look like. Um, Brian Hartline is not going anywhere. There is a 0% chance of that, and anybody <laughs> that thinks that Brian is going to be sent out the door because we hired Bill O'Brien uh, needs to go find a different opinion. <laughs> <laughs> That's music to all of our ears. Brennan Gulick, again, follow him on Twitter, at Brennan Gulick. 22, covers the Buckeyes for Buckeyes Now. Um, final question for you here. You were down in Columbus this week for the introduction of the new athletic director, Ross Bjork. What I find interesting is it seems like everywhere he's left, the fan base or that school, people who are fans of that school, they, they've all celebrated it. It's been like, oh, thank God we got rid of this guy. And, that might, and listen, you take that with a grain of salt because – I think these ADs have a lot of times have thankless jobs and you know it's it's probably a lot of just sour grapes as they as they walk out the door and you're coming from A&M where you gave out this massive extension to Jimbo Fisher you can understand why people at Texas A&M are happy to see him go but this felt like to me a, a move sort of about the future and you're coming from a place like Texas A&M that has a big donor base and you're able to fundraise, and with NIL, and we're seeing it right now in, in person, like the NIL and the collective that's getting all this money to get guys to stay, like that is the direction this sport is going, and you need to have somebody in here who can do that. Am I on the right track with that, and what was your first impressions of Bjork at that introductory press conference? Uh, absolutely think you're on the right track there. I got to be honest, I, I had never heard him speak in person, uh, or and I don't know anybody that knows him personally, so I was really interested to get down there and kind of get a pulse for who is this guy? What does he think and feel? And, you know, how does he present himself? And I got to be honest, man, I walked away pretty impressed. Um, you know, part of this was the cohesion uh, of him and a new university president. Ted Carter Jr. Has, has basically just started his tenure as the new Ohio State president. And that's a big part of this. You, you need a if you want to run a successful athletic department, you need a university that's going to be pulling the rope in the same direction all across the board. And that absolutely starts at the top with your, with your president. You need board of directors that want to win. You know, you need boosters that want to win. You need a, an athletic director that can raise funds and that can, um, you know, shake the right hands along the way. Um, 
I get the impression that Ross Bjork is either the best interview of all time that he keeps, <laughs> you know, getting better and better gigs, or maybe more likely he's better at the job than what people on Twitter would give it credit for. Shocking. Um, wait, so, wait, Twitter's not credible. I thought, yeah, I know. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Unless uh, it's Pete Thamel, yeah. then we can believe it. But <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've seen all the message boards. I mean, Texas A&M fans are a wild bunch and, you know, um, my impression was that Ross was very polished, um, came across really impressive, like he was ready to take on a job that is a massive, massive job. And look, Texas A&M is one of the other four athletic departments that has expenses and revenues over $200 million along with Ohio State. Uh, but there is no athletic department nationally bigger than the Buckeyes. There is no bigger voice in the national room than Ohio State. And it's one of those jobs that, you know, as he said on Monday, uh, if the bus ever stops, you, you got to throw your name in that hat if you want to have the best job in the country. And I think it's great that, you know, he's technically still the AD at A&M and Gene Smith is not done until June 30th but he's going to be around starting in early March and basically have a five month runway here to, you know, get a feel for what this is like with Gene's direct tutelage. Gene is unquestionably the decision maker until he is done. And then on July 1st, it transitions over. Uh, But I think a lot of people walked away from that press conference feeling very good about the future of Ohio state athletics and the leadership of the university with, uh, with president Carter. Um, I think Ross is an impressive guy and, you know, look, the proof will be in how, how they go about it, but he made no apologies about wanting to win. Uh, certainly gave Ryan Day a vote of confidence and in front of a large you know group of people. Um, I, I thought it was a good day for Ohio State. He's Brendan Gulick on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Again, read his work over at BuckeyesNow.com, and, uh, and you can follow along at the Buckeyes Now YouTube page as well. So much great stuff going up there between the film breakdowns and just the every after every single game or every single big story, they're they're breaking it all down and discussing it there. So, Brendan, I always try to do right by you. Did I, did I miss anything? <laughs> no, I think you got it okay. all. I okay. appreciate that. Just we, making sure. Uh, uh, Anthony Meglin, who does a great job with us, is going to uh, jump on in the morning with me. We do a little little content around Caleb Downs and mm. Bill O'Brien and some of the other stuff that uh, is coming on here. So, for anybody that's looking for more on Ohio State, there we'll uh, have you covered in the morning. Brennan, you know I always appreciate the time, my friend. We'll talk again soon, all right?